Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is QC Fantasy. My name is Graham Rogers, here to recap week five. Got my special co-host, Chris Hayes. How are you, man? I'm great. It was a great week. A great week of football, so I'm excited to dive in today. Yeah, good good football. Uh, lots of injury information to go over. Um, and then diving into some of the statistics maybe that we can pick up on on trends. But uh, before we start recapping games, let's let's talk major injuries and impact. So first up, I got a number of running backs on the list. We'll start with James Conner and how that is affecting the Cardinals backfield. Uh, And on top of Conner, even Darrell Williams um, actually went out of the game. And so the bulk of the work went to, you know, Benjamin. Um, Sounds like Conner is still kind of up in the air as far as if he will play this week. Word's still out on Darrell Williams. So the Cardinals may be turning to, you know, Benjamin as the workhorse against Seattle this week, Chris. Yeah, I think... You know, Benjamin is someone to, to keep an eye on. So I don't think Connor's going to play this week, and I don't think Daryl Williams will be available either. So, you know, Benjamin, someone to keep an eye on, get him, get him on your roster. And if you're in a tight spot, you can even consider starting him because Seattle, Seattle can't seem to stop anyone these days. So, you know, Benjamin should be interesting. But at the same time, you could also think Kyler Murray may take things into his own hands this weekend. Yeah, and Benjamin did have eight rushes for 25 yards. He did have a touchdown, and then also the important stuff on top of the touchdown, out of the backfield, four targets, three receptions for 28 yards. So I think there's a way to points for, you know, Benjamin if you are in a tight spot at running back. Um, Next, running back injury up. So Damian Harris uh, looks like he's going to be out for a little bit of time. So, you know, a guy we were both high on coming into the year, Ramondre Stevenson. Um, Just tee him up, I think, if you are – Pretty much anywhere. Um, I, like Ramondre would be starting for me, no doubt, in pretty much any league um, that I've got him on my roster. Yeah, at this, if you've got Ramondre, he's pretty much a must start at this point. The amount of volume he's going to get, he had 25 carries against Detroit and, and two receptions. So he's he's close to 30, 30 touches a game. I don't know if that's that's uh, going to continue to be the case, but I mean, fire him up in every single in every single week. Because he's arguably a top, a top ten back moving forward as long as Harris is out. Yeah, I mean, if he's going to get that much workload, I mean, it's like the Damian Pierce workload, right? Like, yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Um, next up, so Rashad Penny now out for the year. Looking at Kenneth Walker, so another guy, a rookie, just like Damian Pierce, that looked good. Um, you know, eight rushes, 88 yards, in uh, a touchdown. Did not have any targets out of the backfield, and I think that's kind of been the knock on him, right, this whole offseason coming into the draft and everything. But, um, you know, I think DJ Dallas or Tra- Travis Homer is out right now. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they can work him in out of the backfield in the passing game. Yeah, obviously super sad for, for Rashad Penny because um, he was on his way to a pretty good season. But now it's Kenneth Walker time, so we'll see what he's made of. Um, I did try to get him in a few leagues where he was on waivers, but I mean he went for like 90% of people's fab. You know, people are desperate to get running backs on their roster. But I, I think his upside is RB2 with RB1 upside because I mean, we see what Penny can do, and if Walker is going to get those kinds of carries, then I think I, I think there's a lot of upside there. But I think he's a solid RB2 for the moment. 
Yeah, I, I'd agree. And we saw Rashad Penny have a big game. So if Walker's getting the majority of those touches, it, it could get there. Um, T. Higgins left very early um, in the Cincinnati game. So, you know, got to be thinking, obviously, Jamar Chase, you're playing anyways. If anybody was questioning if Hayden Hurst can keep up what he's doing, if Higgins is missing time, I'd say yes. And if you are in really deep leagues, I mean, we saw Mike Thomas come in when Higgins missed a game already this year and had a decent number of targets, a couple of receptions. So just a name out there. Um, and, and Tyler Boyd, of course, like I sometimes overlook him just because he's always there and pretty reliable. But um, somebody, if you've got on your roster, I don't think there's any question you're probably going to be starting him if Higgins misses time. Yeah, that's the big question, though. I mean, take it, Higgins returned to practice today and was limited, but I mean, this was a real... It was just super unfortunate how everything kind of transpired. Like, we didn't know Higgins was... I mean, I wouldn't even call him limited. He just didn't play. He played, like, nine snaps um, Sunday night. So that was really frustrating, especially as a Higgins owner in, in our home league. Um, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on. I think you can fire up Hayden Hurst and Tyler Boyd this week if Higgins is out. So... We'll just we'll see what the practice report says, but definitely be wary. Like I'm gonna be wary as a Higgins owner this week, just because I mean he was limited all last week and then he barely played. So I'm gonna be very cautious with T. Higgins. Yeah, agreed there. And another wide receiver, so Chris Olave, you know, kind of having a breakout rookie season, goes out with the concussion. Uh, does not look like he is going to play this week. Probably the right move. Obviously, we've seen. Uh, the NFL moving in that direction as far as concussion protocol goes. So, I mean, look, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Chris Olave, all out. We know Jameis with the back issue. I mean, the second leading players and targets were Traquan Smith and Marquez Calloway. Like, we saw that last year, and it was not pretty. Um, so really interesting to see what the Saints are going to do. And as somebody that has Taysom Hill but had him on my bench last week, I am hoping that they just – Hey, Taysom Hill, here, do literally everything. Throw the ball to yourself, right, like in the commercials. Just throw it to yourself, run the ball. And then, obviously, you know they're going to lean on Alvin Kamara, who had 23 rushing attempts and six targets for six receptions this past game. So, I mean, that that's probably going to be the majority of their offense. And maybe they'll get Jawan Johnson or Adam Troutman involved at the tight end position. Troutman called a touchdown pass this week. Um, but I, I just I don't know what you do with this offense with those three top guys out. I mean, logically, the Saints have to turn to Taysom Hill at this point. With Olave out, Michael Thomas still, and Jarvis Landry still not practicing, you have to keep your best players on the field, and that's Kamarin and Taysom Hill. I mean, it, he may not be the best player for other teams, but he's one of the Saints' best players at this point. So they're going to have to continue to use him um, throughout the season as long as their weapons are sidelined. Yeah, and then so Tua has been ruled out again. So funny, everybody's in Miami's being safe with their franchise quarterback. The second concussion around, so good job there, guys. Um, and then Teddy Bridgewater, of course, this is karma for Miami. Not to use Teddy as that, but Miami, this is what you get for not taking care of your franchise player and rushing him back out there. Teddy Bridgewater entered concussion protocol last week uh, after one pass attempt. So Skylar Thompson. Uh, Seventh-round rookie out of Kansas State uh, came in and threw 33 passes. Um, you know, I, I mean, look, I'm, I'm glad they're holding Tua out. Like, you, you have to protect the player. Uh, the second time around, they did a terrible job the first time, but at least they're trying to get it right now. Um, and then, you know, obviously we want to see him back because that offense looked really good and really explosive with him out there um, and playing Bridgewater or Skylar Thompson. No offense to those two guys, but it, it has not looked the same. It has not. Um, 
I mean, I was at the game and I mean, we are, I actually arrived a little late to the game, but I walked in and Skylar Thompson was quarterback. I didn't even see Teddy get hurt. I saw the replay and it was unfortunate what happened. Um, I will call out the Jets though, just because they kept showing, it was a good tackle, Sauce Gardner on Teddy, but they kept showing the replay. Like you really need to keep showing Sauce Gardner, like injuring Teddy Bridgewater. Like it's kind of uncool. Um, so that was kind of foul play, I'll I'll say. But I think Tyreek Hill was still really involved. And I know this offense will take a huge step back with Thompson at quarterback, but I think Tyreek Hill will be okay. Jalen Waddle's going to take a huge hit. Because they're not using him as kind of that check down receiver in space, and ty- that's Tyreek Hill's role. So I think Waddle is due for a rough few weeks until – until Tua comes back, honestly. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. And then, you know, other big news out of the weekend, or I guess Monday. Um, so Devontae Adams charged with uh, assault after pushing over a cameraman. So be interesting to see where that leads. Um, I'm not going to give any thoughts on it. Obviously, don't think he needed to push the guy, but uh, we'll let we'll let the court system, kind of like the Deshaun Watson stuff, we'll let them play that out, and we will just uh, see the impact on the football field and obviously on fantasy football. We will. I do think there's a chance he gets suspended for a game, though. Poor, poor Devontae poor Adams poor. owners. All right. Let's uh, recap some of these games. First up, looking at Giants beating the Packers 27-22 in London. The Giants are 4-1 somehow, and I think we anticipated this not being a good team coming into the year. And then you add on top of it that Sterling Shepard, Kenny Galladay, Wondell Robinson, and Kadarius Toney were all out. Um, You know, Daniel Jones, 78% completion percentage. Um, Saquon Barkley, obviously carrying the load, had 70 rushing yards and a touchdown, three receptions for 36 yards, so he's clearly the entire offense. Darius Slayton had a big day, six receptions for 79 yards. Um, I mean, they're, I guess they're, they're just finding ways to win, and their defense is playing well enough that if they score points, they, they can win games. Yeah, I, Barkley is very much just carrying this offense. Um while he's not good for fantasy, though, like the, you have to give some credit to Daniel Jones. He's not mm-hmm. turning the ball over. Um, not good for fantasy, but he's good for the Giants because he's not making mistakes, and Barkley is, you know, Barkley's doing everything. He did have an injury scare, came off the field, but he came right back out and continued to dominate. Um, and, yes, this defense is playing quite, quite well. Yeah, and then on the the other side, so uh, we'll talk running backs in a second, but so Randall, Randall Cobb, 13 targets, Alan Lazard, 8, Romeo Dubs, 5, just to give everybody an idea of targets. So Randall Cobb, 33% target share is absurd. Um, Alan Lazard caught another touchdown pass, so that is three out of four games that Lazard has played in. He's caught a touchdown. And then, you know, I joked in our last episode of, like, Robert Tanyan was going to catch every touchdown pass. And, of course, the touchdown pass – one of them goes to Mercedes Lewis, not Robert Tanya. So, I'm again. I keep picking the right position and the, just not the right player ever. Old man Mercedes got 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 into the end zone. Um, and then Chris, what are you thinking about this backfield? Because it last couple games, it looks like Aaron Jones is getting the majority of the work. Doubled up AJ Dillon in carries, and then AJ Dillon didn't have a target at all in this game either. So I don't know if it's because they were playing from behind. Um, but I've seen a couple weeks in a row now, um, AJ Dillon 
it's no longer been a 50-50 split. It's not. Um, I'm not even sure. I'm not sure what the Packers are thinking exactly. Taking, taking, carries, taking touches away from A.J. Dillon. Not involved in the passing game. Like the, the rushing attempts. I mean, the Packers should be rushing the ball more. Like 20 attempts is not enough between Jones and Dillon. Not if they want to be successful. Like Rodgers, the, the recipe for the Packers' success is not having Rodgers throw the ball 40 to 50 times a game. That's not, that's not how they're going to win games, especially with the receiving core that they have. Not a knock on Lazard, who's been solid, and Randall Cobb is you know okay. But you want to get the ball in the hands of your best players. And 19 total carries for Jones and Dillon. Or uh, carries, but only two receptions for Aaron Jones. That's just not going to cut it, so... If you're an A.J. Dillon owner, you got to be concerned at this point because if you drafted him in the sixth or seventh round and you were hoping for a guy that would be a RB2, you got to be really disappointed. And then Aaron Jones, they're gonna, you're going to have these weeks where he doesn't completely pop off, but you know, you're going to keep starting him because he'll have weeks where he drops 40 for you. And before we get to the next game, which are your, your Bills, um, live update, I just picked up Skylar Thompson in our home league um, off of waivers because Jared, Jared Goff is on bye. Um, and so I am turning to the lovely Matt Ryan. So for everybody out there, I did start Bailey Zappi in our league over Jared Goff and Matt Ryan, and he doubled them up. So I may uh, take a shot on Skylar Thompson this week with the weapons he has, but I'll uh, keep everybody updated. Sidebar there. Um, so next up. Bills, 38. Steelers, 3. Um, about what I anticipated from this game. Maybe not in terms of like how it played out, but Bills, 38-3. No surprise there. Um, Josh Allen looks unbelievable. 424 yards. Um, four touchdowns. 20 completions. 42 rushing yards. Yes, on 20 completions, the 424. And you can thank Gabe Davis with his three receptions, 171 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because everybody that was like big Gabe Davis fans, um, you know, it's like Yes, the big games, like, I was happy to have Gabe Davis in best ball, right? Because you're going to have some games where he does very little, and then you're going to have games like this where it is just amazing to have him on your team and you win every single time. Um, But I think it's harder to anticipate when he is going to do this, and, like, you know Stephon Diggs is going to get his stuff. And then with Crowder and McKenzie out, Khalil Shakir steps in, three receptions for 75 yards and a touchdown as well. So, I mean, it's like whoever you put in this offense, it doesn't matter where, like, they're they're going to play well. and then, you know, the backfield, we saw Zach Moss and James Cook get a little bit more involved, and I think that's going to happen in these games that the Bills are running away with. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's really not much to discuss here. Like, Josh Allen is, is a rock star. Gabe Davis had, had a huge game. I, I, he looked healthy, which was the important thing, coming off of the ankle injury. So he looked healthy. He looked good. Stephon Diggs and Allen, they're just they're cooking right now. They're very much on the same page. Uh, Khalil Shakir may be making a case you know, to work his way into the starting lineup. I know Isaiah McKenzie just cleared protocols, but it's gonna, if Shakir continues to play well, it's going to be hard to keep him off the field. Um, but he is, you know, you know, at best, a rotational guy with, with McKenzie and Crowder. Steelers yeah. on the other end, that's, that's a different story. <laughs> Yeah, and it, I mean, it, it sucks because Kenny Pickett's first game as a starter, and he comes in, and the score's 10 nothing, right? Because Bill's got the touchdown, and then we saw the fumble on the kickoff, and, it you know, it, it's a tough spot to put him in where it's not like he can even— He just—he should—it was a mistake playing him. 
yeah, I think should you, not have been his first start. I guess. Yeah, I think you wait one more game. You let Trubisky get beat up in this one, and then and then wait till next week. Um, but you know, Najee Harris eleven carries. Jalen Warren had five. Um, they kind of split targets: four for Harris, five for Jalen Warren, which is interesting. But I think they're you know trying to keep Najee healthy with that foot injury that he had. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then targets in Pittsburgh, which obviously was a huge topic of conversation with the rookie um, George Pickens. So Deontay had thirteen, Claypool nine, Pickens eight. Um, Pickens did have more receptions, six, only five for the others, and he had more yards, 83. So less targets, more catches, more receiving yards, um, was just more efficient on the day. But it is interesting to see the looks go Deontay and Claypool's way to start, at least in Pickett's first go. Yeah, I'm still not buying into Chase Claypool at all. I, I think he'll be really inconsistent, especially with targets for the rest of the season. George Pickens is looking good, despite how bad the Steelers played. Like, George Pickens continues to to look solid. Um, and Deontay Johnson's still getting his targets. But he's never been that efficient with them. Like, Pickens is a rock star. And by the end of the year, you're going to wish you had him on your roster. Yeah, so and, speaking of... I mean, I mean, this game was really just a wash, though. Like, I'm glad Pickens played well. But if you, have, if you, own, if you own Najee and you played him, like, what were you real? What were you thinking? Like you knew this was going to be a complete disaster, and they just they weren't going to be able to establish the run because they were going to be down the entire game. So I mean, if you had like I've got Najee in our league, and I knew I knew benching him would be a good idea. If you in my case, like I had a lot of depth at running back. If you don't, like I get why you played him, but your expectations for Najee in this week had to be low. Yeah, and I had a pretty heavy fade on Najee coming into the year, um, just with uncertainty around the offense. And then, you know, yeah, you know, last year this was a game, though, where he would get like eight targets, right, where like all they could do was dump it off to Najee with Big Ben um, at quarterback. So um, I think that was another reason that I just kind of didn't have a lot of them. But, yeah, I I think when teams come in and play the Bills, it's like, yeah, I'll start my wide receivers because we're going to have to pass the ball 50 times to try to keep up, right? Yeah. so, but let's go in the opposite direction with running back. So Chargers 30, Browns 28, two of the best in the league here. So Austin Eckler with, we'll start with the Chargers side, 173 rushing yards, one touchdown, four targets, four receptions, 26 yards, and another receiving touchdown. Um, so he obviously looks really good. Josh Kelly did get a lot of work. Again, I think this is just something this staff is going to do to keep Eckler healthy. 10 carries, 49 yards, and a touchdown. Got a couple targets out of the backfield. Um, and then Mike Williams just kind of doing Mike Williams things. 10 receptions on 13 targets for 134 yards. And not a whole lot otherwise to talk about in the passing game outside of really Mike Williams and Austin Eckler. Yeah, Eckler was a monster. I'm very pleased about his usage. Obviously, the Josh Kelly touchdown just sucks. Hey, you just, um, just got to be ready for it at this point. Like, it's it's happening. It is, yeah, but touches, okay, but like in the red zone, that's, that's Eckler time, not Josh Kelly time. That's just, that's just me. Uh, Mike Williams was a beast. Gerald Everett, disappointing. Josh Palmer, disapp- like, I had high expectations for Josh Palmer. You know, with Keenan Allen out, I was like, Josh Palmer proves he can, he can play with the big dogs, but that's been really disappointing. And I was just, I was surprised the Chargers lean more on the run game this week, you know, with Herbert and Mike Williams. I mean, Williams got his, but if you told me coming into the week that it'd be a 50-50 split between um, 
running and passing for the Chargers, I probably wouldn't have believed you. Yeah, and it'll be interesting once Keenan Allen gets back, right? Of kind of, we we saw Mike Williams in you know the first game with Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen had more targets, um, and obviously after that, except for one game, Mike Williams has looked really good. So it'll be interesting to see the split once he's back. But on the other side, Nick Chubb, 17 carries, 134 yards, two touchdowns, just continuing to beat everyone that does not have him on their team. Um, Kareem Hunt also involved 11 carries, 47 yards, and a touchdown. And then in the passing game, right, like we flip-flopped right back to Amari Cooper, who had 12 targets, 7 receptions, 76 yards, and a touchdown. Donovan Peoples-Jones did have 7 targets in this game. And then David Njoku just keeps doing his thing. 6 targets, 6 receptions, 81 yards, and um, one of the best kind of late-round tight ends of the year, uh, at least so far. Yeah, I will say, I mean, Chubb's an animal, don't get me wrong, but I will say if you start your running backs against the Chargers, because this run D is still horrendous. Um, Amari Cooper is going to have these weeks. I mean, he, the targets are always going to be there for Amari Cooper. But, I mean, it'll all come down to how Jacoby Brissett is playing each game. He played well, to, he played well enough um, to get it done for him this week. Um, and then Joku's just been rock solid. How long will that keep up? I have no idea. We're talking tight ends here, so anything can happen. But Chubb, Hunt, Cooper, all looking good. And Njoku, I, I guess. I guess you're starting them every week. But who knows? Tight ends are a mystery to me. Yeah, I think I think obviously it depends on who you have. But, yeah, Njoku's kind of there with Hayden Hurst. Like, if you don't have one of the top guys, like, you, you plug him in as your, as your starter. Um Speaking of a guy that you're starting all the time now, I apologize for my Damian Pierce slander in the offseason. I did not like the ADP. I, I did not mind the player. It was the ADP once everybody got hyped about him. But, man, 26 carries to Burkhead's three, had 99 yards and a touchdown. And then also, again, the piece for me, he had five targets. Burkhead only had three. So, like, Damian Pierce is workhorse at this point, and I don't think there's any question about it. Um, and then the passing game, not a whole lot to talk about. Six targets each for Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, four receptions each. Collins had 65 yards. Brandon Cooks only had 20. Um, again, I think we're kind of seeing that Davis Mills may not be the guy. Like this was this was the offense we thought was going to like take the next step with a younger quarterback. Um, and maybe we should have been like, hey, the offense people thought was going to be bad in Seattle, which we'll get to later. Like that's the offense that took the next step. But um, not a whole lot to discuss in the passing game. Not much. No, I'm, I feel bad for Brandon Cooks owners because all that consistency seems to be. Crashing down, but Damian Pierce looking great. But besides that, it's a complete dubs, dumpster fire. And but they still won the game. They, <laughs> they still, did. They managed to win this game. They did. So beat the Jaguars thirteen to six. So flipping over to the Jag side, um, you know Trevor Lawrence throws two interceptions in the game. Um, Christian Kirk only three targets, one reception for eleven yards. Uh, Marvin Jones got eleven targets, seven receptions, one hundred and four yards. Zay Jones had eight targets, only three receptions. And then a big game for Evan Ingram, 10 targets, 6 receptions, 69 yards, which is nice. Uh, and then you know, let's talk about the backfield a little bit, right? James Robinson and Travis Etienne both split 10 carries, uh, except Etienne had 71 yards. James Robinson only 27. And then Etienne out-targeted uh, Robinson 5-2. to two. So finally starting to see Etienne, I think a lot of that was kind of game script, right? Like they were behind. Um, I was hoping to see that last week against the Eagles, but we didn't. Um, but ETN is slowly getting more of the target share, more of the snaps, um, almost to like this 50-50 split in touches that we're seeing this week. Yeah, frankly, this game was just a head-scratcher. 
to me. And Lawrence played really poorly, which is unfortunate because he's been playing so well so far this year. And I really thought this, like, I'm happy ETN is getting more, more involved, but I don't, I'm not really buying the game scripts uh, argument. And that's why ETN was more involved. I think James Robinson just played poorly. And this was a game I circled for him. I thought he was going to have a huge game this week because this Houston Pat, uh, Houston Rundy is is egregious. So I really thought Robinson was going to pop off this game. I was wrong about that, and ETN was more more involved. But I'm really just scratching my head at the usage overall for this Jacksonville offense. And I'm still not comfortable starting ETN. Like I feel like I need to see just a few more weeks of consistency. Um, James Robinson will. Also, just kind of a wait and see, but this offense needs to get back on, get back on track in the coming weeks. If you want to play any of these guys, who you trust at running back more this week, Eno Benjamin or Travis Etienne? Who's Jacksonville playing this week? Uh, that is a quality question to ask on our recap show instead of Week Six preview. Um, week Six Jaguars are at the Colts. Sunday at 1 p.m. PPR, right? PPR, full point. I'll probably start, you know, Benjamin. All right. Instead. There it is. I you heard it Jags, first. I mean, that game is going to be so ugly. Jags, Colts, just probably complete, so. uh, just awful. So, yeah. I mean, you know, All right. if Connor doesn't play, he probably gets in the end zone this week. Okay. There it is. Heard it here first. Put your, uh, put your money down. Anytime touchdown score, you know, Benjamin. All right, Vikings, 29, Bears, 22. Um, so Justin Jefferson, still, uh, he's really good at football. So 13 targets, 12 receptions, 154 yards. Um, did not have a receiving touchdown because that went to the wide receiver that was drafted ahead of him, Jalen Rager. One target, one reception, one receiving yard, and it was for a touchdown. For all of you Jalen Rager truthers, there it is. Um, and then, you know, Thielen had seven targets. K.J. Osborne had five, actually caught all five of them for 41 yards. And then, you know, again, talking about the backfield, Dalvin Cook, 18 carries, Madison, nine. Um, but Dalvin Cook did have 94 yards, two rushing touchdowns, also caught two passes out of the backfield. So he looked good this week. Um, but obviously, they're they're keeping Madison involved, and we know that Dalvin Cook has the shoulder issue um, that he's been dealing with. Yeah, Dalvin I mean, it was good to see Dalvin Cook not getting vultured this week by Alexander Madison. He played great. Uh, Justin Jefferson also threw a pass to Dalvin Cook, so he continues to to do a lot of different things. Um, Kirk Cousins was solid. He does Kirk Cousins thing, doing Kirk Cousins things. The only thing he didn't have was two touchdowns this week, but he had his 300 yards um, and a rushing touchdown as an added bonus. But Jefferson's just rock solid. I mean, 12 catches on 13 targets just ridiculous um dalvin cook fire him up kirk cousins if you need a spot starter you can you can continue to start him yeah and then on the other side um so justin fields only 21 passing attempts but completed 71 percent of them for 208 yards and a touchdown ran for 47 yards as well um so darnell mooney two receptions for 52 yards um they were good plays but it's like that just seven points in full point ppr just isn't going to do it for, for me. Um, Cole Komet, four catches, 45 yards. And then, you know, looking at the backfield, man, it was 
Montgomery, 12 rushes, only 20 yards, did get a touchdown. That's 1.67 yards per carry. Khalil Herbert, not much better. Four carries, averaged 2.75 yards per attempt for 11 total yards. Um, Montgomery did have four targets, four catches for 62 yards, which plus the touchdown kind of saved his day. So he's he's still going to get the bulk of the touches. Um, but, man, again, just on an offense that doesn't do much, uh, I'm not overly interested in really anybody unless you have Montgomery as your flex or sometimes RB2 depending on volume yeah I just this offense has no identity they don't they're they're like split between running and 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 passing we don't even know how good Fields is because the Bears refuse to use him in in high volume situations so that's that's really frustrating um because I I believe in the talent of Justin Fields but they're being super cautious with him which is Something you really shouldn't be doing with a talented second-year quarterback. And David Montgomery was was awful, but he was very involved in the receiving game. But besides that, there's you want the running back in this offense, whether it's Montgomery or Herbert each week. But besides that, it's it's a disaster. If you were a believer in Cole Komet, sorry, he still sucks. Um, and Darnell Mooney, talented, but not enough usage. So this, this offense has no identity, and I have zero interest in it. Speaking of offenses with no identity, we're going to look at the opposite here with the Patriots beating the Lions 29 to nothing. And the Patriots' identity is one and only Bailey Zappi. 17 of 21, which is an 81% completion percentage, 188 yards, one touchdown. Also ran for five yards. He did throw an interception. I'm, I'm, I just, I like Bailey Zappi being a third string quarterback out of Western Kentucky, right? Um, I just picked up Skyler. I picked up Skylar Thompson, third-string quarterback from Kansas State. Okay, you guys can see my type here. Um, Ramondre Stevenson. I mean, we talked about him a little bit, but 161 rushing yards. Also got two care. I mean, two receptions out of the backfield. Um, Jacoby Myers, big game. So he had 111 receiving yards of Zappy's 188 passing yards and a touchdown on our preview show last week. We talked about Nelson Aguilar, and I told everybody if Myers plays, you need to pivot and go get Myers, and that's hopefully exactly what you did in DFS. Um, did make money with that lineup with the switch of Jacoby Myers. I think I had to pay down from Derrick Henry to Alvin Kamara. That also paid off pretty well because Kamara had a good game. Um, but, yeah, I, Myers is the alpha here uh, as far as the passing game goes. And then, you know, we wait and see if it's, you know, is it Zappy again? Is Hoyer back? Or is Mac Jones going to play? Um, I think Mac Jones is a long shot, um, so could be looking at Hoyer or Zappy again. Yeah, I mean, Jacoby Myers had a great game. I'm just, I'm still not ready to believe in in this New England receiving core. I think you're going to, yeah, I think you'll still have a hard time moving forward, Um, you know, picking which one of these guys is going to have big games. Myers obviously has the highest floor of the guys, and this is probably his ceiling, like seven, a buck 11, and a toddy. Like, that's that's probably his ceiling for, for any game, but... If you're looking for a guy with a solid floor each and every week, Myers is probably your guy. But the rest, it, New England and wide receivers, like what are you going to do? They're a run, they're a run heavy team, and when when they do throw the ball, you're not 100 percent sure where it's going. But I'm happy, Myers. Well, I'm not happy as a Bills fan that the Patriots won, but I mean, good for Myers having a good game. Yeah, and on the on the other side, I, this is a game I'm not really worried about for the offense. I I love this coaching staff, but I, I think it was maybe a mistake to have Amon Ra out there for like 
basically a, a snap count, right? Because you, you really can't yeah. get into a flow with the offense um, and just having the same guys on the field like they had last week with Josh Reynolds. Obviously, Hawkinson had the big game last week. Um, Jamal Williams had 56 rushing yards on 15 carries. Craig Reynolds had six carries, also had three uh, receptions out of the backfield for 68 yards. Um, but Josh Reynolds, six receptions, 92 yards on 10 targets. Khalif Raymond had seven targets. Uh, Amon Ross, six targets, but only 18 yards. And then TJ Hawkinson crashed back to earth with one reception on four targets for six yards. So, but again, not a game I'm really looking too much into. They've got the bye week this week, and then they're back out. Hopefully, DeAndre Swift is back healthy after the bye, um, and this offense can get back to where they were before this game. Yeah, hopefully, Amon Ra comes back healthy after the bye. I think that's the number one thing. Um, but they definitely need this buy. Uh, this is really just a wash game for me. Um, Goff was awful, but this is this is what happens. I mean, he, he's his ceiling is is crazy, but his floor is is about as low as it gets. When he plays well, it's it's great. I recommend just playing Goff when he's playing in a dome because he he's obviously really good in indoor setting and terrible in outdoor settings. And then for the next game, everybody, if you just if you have players on the Seahawks or playing against the Seahawks defense, just just play them. Play play that game. Play everyone in the game that you could possibly play. It doesn't matter who they are. So Saints thirty nine, Seahawks thirty two. We talked about the Saints a little bit before with Olave. He did have four receptions, fifty four yards, and the touchdown that the injury actually occurred on. Uh, we talked. Kamara as well, 103 rushing yards, 91 receiving yards as well on six receptions. Um, then Taysom Hill with his nine rushing attempts for 112 yards, three pa- three rushing touchdowns, also had a passing touchdown. Um, so it was, you know, Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara show, and then Andy Dalton, you know, did did enough to just keep things moving forward and to help them outscore the Seahawks, but really bad Seahawks defense. I don't expect this from the Saints every single week, um, but was interesting to see them and how they kind of deployed the offense with all the injuries at the wide receiver position. Yeah, and this was just a wild game. Um, I don't expect Taysom Hill to have four combined touchdowns every every single week, but they're going to have to keep deploying them as long as they have injuries. No Olave. Moving forward, no Michael Thomas, no Jarvis Landry. So Taysom Hill's usage is still going to be pretty consistent in the next few weeks. And Alvin Kamara will obviously be heavily involved. But this Seattle defense is terrible. So if you're looking for defenses to target in the, in the future, the Seahawks, the Lions are really good places to start. Agreed. Agreed. Um, on the other side, this was actually Geno's worst game as far as completion percentage, which was 64%, which is not a sentence I thought I'd ever say out loud, but 268 passing yards and three passing touchdowns. Um, so that will make up for the completion percentage questions. Uh, we talked about the backfield a little bit. This is obviously going to be Kenneth Walker's backfield. He had 88 yards on eight carries and a touchdown. Um, and then at receiver, you know, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, both with five receptions, 88 yards for Metcalf, 104 for Lockett. Metcalf with one touchdown, Lockett with two touchdowns. Um, and, and honestly, in the passing game, there's nothing else behind that except the tight ends. Um, so Will Disley and Noah Fant combined for five catches on eight targets, which was like a 32% target share to the tight end position, um, and combined for 70 yards. So I do like that this offense is consolidated, and if Gino's going to keep being efficient, yeah, I, you know, you have to play Metcalf. I think you have to play Lockett, um, and you know you have 
play Walker. And if you pick one of the 17 tight ends that they throw the ball to of Parkinson, Disley, or Fant um, in best ball, then cool, because you know you're going to get a big game from one of those guys with a touchdown or two uh, every now and again. Yeah, this was probably my biggest mistake was was Seattle and how like how efficient this offense is right now. So, you know, I'll own that. Like I thought this offense would be terrible. Like Geno Smith has never been good, but he's good now. So, that's my mistake. Lockett and Metcalf are ballers. Um they're probably helping they're probably helping Geno a little bit, but I mean, he's he's rock solid. He's a QB1 at least for now. There's not much to say here. Like I'm just I'm I'm legitimately shocked that Seattle's putting up points like this with Geno at quarterback. It's it's really quite something. Yeah, I mean, like you said, we just, I haven't seen Geno with this kind of weaponry, right? As far as like Lockett and Metcalf, which I know are like two of the best. Well, the game, I mean, the games he played last year, he didn't look good. Yeah, that's fair. Look, like, it looked like what we expected Seattle would look like this year. Yeah. But I don't know what I don't know what the deal is this year. He's been solid and Metcalf and Lockett are, are still really good so yeah agreed the efficiency man I and I thought it was crazy when Metcalf and Lockett were dropping so far in best ball drafts and I got more Lockett than I did Metcalf um just because like and Lockett and some best ball drafts was like being drafted as a wide receiver four and I just I had to get him at that point because I was comparing him to guys that were like third options in their offenses when I was looking yeah. at drafting. So, yeah, I but I definitely missed on this offense as a whole as well. Um, so an offense I was high on, but for totally different reasons, and was the Jets. So Jets 40, Dolphins 17. We know some of the issues going on on the Dolphins side with Tua, Teddy Bridgewater as well. But, um, you know, this was Brees Hall's game, and that's, that's about it. That's all you can really say. Brees Hall... 18 carries, 97 yards, one touchdown, two targets, two receptions for 100 yards. For those bad at math, that's uh, 50 yards per reception. Um, almost had a receiving touchdown brought down at the one. Uh, Michael Carter did have 10 carries, 21 yards, and two touchdowns that he vultured away from Brees Hall getting the goal line work. Um, but, man, this is it's Brees Hall's offense. Um, Zach Wilson didn't turn the ball over, so that's good. And then Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, and Garrett Wilson all had four targets and turned that into 11, 38, and 27 yards, respectively. So not a whole lot going on in the passing game outside of Brees Hall's 100-yard receivings, and then obviously the 97 yards rushing uh, just carried this offense. Brees Hall was an animal. He looked so good, and, and this, was, this was the breakout. So if you've been waiting on Brees Hall, like, good job. Like, it, it's, it's time right now, so... Moving forward, this entire offense is going to run through him, and he looks like a beast. So, you know, fire him up. He's he's going to be awesome. This receiving core, it's going to be tough to predict moving forward. I think early in the season, because Brees didn't have his reins yet, they were getting more work. But moving forward, it's going to be tough to predict because I just don't think they're going to be throwing as much because everything's going to run through run through Hall. Yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, I think that's the player you can like. Maybe Garrett Wilson, though, because the talent is there. Um, like, later in the season, he's definitely one to keep an eye on. Like, Corey, and, Corey Davis and Elijah Moore, they are what they are at this point. I mean, Moore's obviously talented, but they didn't use a first-round pick on him, let alone a top-ten pick. So, I think if it's any indication it's taken Brees Hall a few weeks to get his reins in, Garrett Wilson might be the, the same thing. 
Yeah, I think in that scenario, you've just got to trust Zach Wilson to look his way and then deliver the ball, right? Which, again, I'm, I'm higher on Zach Wilson than most are, but also coming off injury, we'll, we'll see. Um, so on the other side, we've kind of talked Skylar Thompson a little bit with the injuries. Um, you know, obviously Tyreek, as good of a game as you can have with, you know, Skylar Thompson coming in after, you know, one pass attempt for Teddy Bridgewater, seven targets, seven receptions, 47 yards. Waddle, three targets, three receptions, 23 yards. Um, nothing really out of the tight ends. Gusecki at 30 yards. And then, you know, here's my white flag, right? We talked about it pre-show. Chase Edmonds, one rush attempt, one rushing yard, two targets, no receptions. Um, so, I mean, I have him in a lot of best ball, which is fine because if Raheem Mostert goes down with an injury, you've got him. Um, but not somebody you can really rely on week in and week out. But Raheem Mostert, I mean, 18 carries, 113 yards, and a touchdown also had three targets out of the backfield. Um, this is his backfield to lose at this point. Was interesting to see Miles Gaskin, of all people, get Shit. five targets oh. out of the backfield as well. Yeah, I mean, we touched on Tyreek and Waddle earlier, but I mean, Raheem Mostert looked good. This Jets run D isn't great, but I mean, Mostert was getting a lot of, he was getting pretty much all the work. He was about a yard away from two touchdowns as well. So this is really his backfield, and I do think they'll continue to lean on him moving forward with Skylar Thompson at quarterback. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. You got the seventh-round rookie. Um, the, the backfield's definitely going to get more work, and it looks like it is Mostert's backfield. Um, so flipping over, Buccaneers beat the Falcons 21-15. Tom Brady, 351 um, yards on 52 attempts. Just... The one passing touchdown, um, but, you know, Mike Evans had eight targets. Godwin and Gage both had six. Uh, Chris Godwin brought in all six of his. And then, man, Leonard Fournette, 14 carries, 56 rushing yards, and a touchdown. And then on top of that, 11 targets, 10 receptions for 83 yards and another touchdown. So huge day for Lenny, just rushing the ball, got the touchdown, and then 11 targets out of the backfield, which even on 52 attempts was a 21% target share. Um, so, Huge game for Fournette after a very low game the week before. Yeah, Lenny was a monster. So, I mean, that's a guy Tom trusts. So you're going to have weeks weeks like this for him because he's very he's very involved in the passing game. Um, and Tom trusts him, especially on third down. You know, he is he's not just the pass catching back. He's the pass blocking back. I think that's why Tom likes him so much. But... I mean, the usage for the receivers was weird this week. Like, K. Dot and Scotty Miller had more targets than Chris Godwin, which is odd. But, I mean, you're still, you're, you're fine. If, if Tom's throwing the ball 52 times a game, you can, you can never sit Evans and Godwin, ever. I mean, of course you're playing Evans every week, but if you were worried about Godwin in the injury, like, you have to play him because of how much they're throwing the ball. Yeah, combine the talent there with the volume, and and those are those are must starts. Um, on the other side, I you know there really wasn't a must start anywhere. So Kyle Pitts obviously missed the game. Tyler Algier was starting at running back, thirteen carries for forty five yards, didn't get any targets out of the backfield. Um, Avery Williams was actually the one with the rushing touchdown. Caleb Huntley had eight carries, so it was it was pretty evenly split between kind of those three guys. Algier got about 50%, the other two combined for the other 50. Um, and then Drake London, seven targets, four receptions, 35 yards, but that's about it. Alameda Zacchaeus did have the receiving touchdown from Marcus Mariota. Um, but just 
not overly interested in this offense. And I mean, even when Pitts was playing, like we didn't get a whole lot out of him either. So no. uh, at this point, I'm, I'm starting to shy away from the Falcons offense. Like we thought we were going to at the beginning of the year until we saw London with big games. And obviously Patterson, who's now on IR, has had a couple good games as well. I mean, without Pitts, the Bucks were, pro- were able to key in on London a little bit more. Tyler, this was a tough game. Like I'm a, believer in Tyler Algier, but this was obviously a tough game to get your first start against. A really good run D. Um, overall, this is a horrendous matchup for Atlanta, but this offense hasn't looked super inspiring in the first few weeks, but better days could be ahead, but I mean, they're just, they're not using Pitts properly. Like, he's just not getting enough touches, and I get that he might be getting double team, but you gotta scheme him out of that. And Arthur Smith, you know, in the past in Tennessee, has been really good at at scheming tight ends, but it just hasn't happened so far. A segue to Tennessee there. Thank you for that setup. So the Titans, 21, Commanders, 17. Um, I mean, again, it's it's just the Derrick Henry show in Tennessee. 28 carries, 102 yards, two touchdowns, also had two receptions. Um, Dontrell Hilliard, who had a big game earlier in the year, five targets, four receptions for 23 yards and did catch a touchdown pass. Um, and then in the passing game, like it's, Robert Woods had eight targets, four receptions, 37 yards. Um, and Nick Westbrook-Akine did actually have two two catches for 72 yards, so more production there. But, you know, just not interested a whole lot in the passing game at this point. Um, so just if you got Derrick Henry, you're playing him, and that's what this offense is going to run on per usual. Start Derrick Henry and don't start anyone else. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty simple. Short, short and sweet. Um, so on the other side, uh, Carson Wentz offense. So, you know, I, I know Carson Wentz is getting a lot of heat right now because his team isn't winning, but man, he completed 66% of his passes for 359 yards and two touchdowns. I know he threw one interception, but like you're going to get that with Carson Wentz no matter what. You knew what you were getting. Um, and this was without uh, Jahan Dotson, apparently the Deami Brown um, blow up game for four targets, two receptions, 105 yards, and two touchdowns. That is a very Gabe Davis esque line. Um, and then Curtis Samuel had eight targets, six receptions, 62 yards. Terry McLaurin, six targets, five receptions, 76 yards. Um, so it was really the big blow up from DeAmi Brown, uh, but still could not pull through. That is a North Carolina product for all of those wondering and for the Duke fan uh, across the screen from me here as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly what I expected. The DeAmi Brown breakout game. Um, I, I want to hate Carson Wentz, but he didn't play that poorly. So. I want to see Brian Robinson get more involved. Antonio Gibson, he's just, he's a physical human being, but that's, that's about it. His entire offense is just kind of a disaster. I mean, Curtis, Sam- for, for what you drafted Curtis Samuel for, he's been great. Un- like, unbelievable. Him like the 14th rounder, pick him off, picked him off of waivers. He's been phenomenal. But Terry McLaurin, if he's your wide receiver too, you're really upset. But I mean, Curtis ball. Samuel is, Best ball drafts, what? Curtis Samuel, like 19th or 20th round. Oh, yeah. Just, like, it was a no-brainer. I have, I have so much Curtis Samuel just because he was sitting there. Um, and then I, you hit it on the head. Like, I, I mean, honestly, if there's a player in this backfield I'm starting in like a flex position, it's probably J.D. McKissick in full-point PPR just because like yeah. I know he's going to get five, six, seven, eight targets and a few receptions, right? And if you luck out with a touchdown, great. Um, but, yes. yeah. Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, they're going to split stuff. And Gibson, man, three touches. I, in the out of the backfield, he did get four targets, three receptions. But it's, it's a just, red flag. 
yeah, it's it's not enough. Right. I, I really don't want to touch this backfield anymore if it's going to be a three-way split like this. Yeah. All right. Staying in the NFC East here. So Cowboys 22, Rams 10. Um, I did pick the Cowboys in this game. Got me a little bit of money on the little parlay. So happy about the Cowboys. Got to take risks, right? Scared money don't make no money. Um, man, Tony Pollard, only eight carries to Ezekiel Elliott's 22 carries. Um, but 86 yards rushing, that's over 10 a carry, and had the touchdown. Um, I mean, right, it's what we've been talking about this whole time. Like, Ezekiel Elliott is not an efficient rusher. Tony Pollard is explosive, and he can give you these plays that can help you change games. Um, and then CeeDee Lamb still kind of asserting himself as the alpha in the offense. Eight targets, which is a 50% target share on the 16 throws that Cooper Rush had. Um, five receptions, 53 yards, uh, no touchdowns in the passing game, but Michael Gallup also had four receptions for 44 yards. Um, it was just a weird game against the Rams where there were only 16 pass attempts, but they scored 22 points and beat them. Um, but we'll talk about the Rams next because I think that's we'll talk more about how far that offense has fallen. Yeah. I mean, Dalton Schultz, it seems like it's going to be a long season for Dalton Schultz. Just just throwing it out there, he's, this, I think it's an ankle injury. It's going to bother him pretty much all year. He'll be in and out, but that's a good thing for Gallup, um, who's going to be who's going to be really involved as he gets healthier and healthier. So, I if Gallup is out on waivers, I'd I'd go grab him because I think I just think he will be he will be that number two option moving forward, and that can be a valuable thing in Dallas, especially when Dak comes back. Uh, Tony Pollard looked great after a rough week last week. Zeke, you know, they, I mean, this was a pretty standard Dallas game. They want to run the ball, and they played really good defense. There's not much to it. Like, 16 attempts for Cooper Rush. Like, that's, like, shame on the Rams. Shame on the Rams for not being able to stop. Stop the run and score more than 22 points with, with the offense that they currently have. But this Dallas defense is elite. They're not committing as many penalties in there. Well, they're they're just they're scoring touchdowns too. I think they had they scored more touchdowns than uh they scored an equal amount of touchdowns as as the offense this week. Yeah, yeah, and I mean the the defense is very good, but man, for what we were expecting out of the Rams, um, you know Stafford three hundred eight yards and a passing touchdown, but it's just Cooper Cup ten reception or ten targets, seven receptions, one hundred twenty five yards in the touchdown, like that. That's Cooper Cup stuff. Um, Higby ten targets, seven receptions, forty six yards. Again, a guy I think at tight I mean, end. Higby and Cup almost yeah. a fifty percent target share. It, it, yeah, exactly. Um, and then Skowronek had eight targets, six receptions, forty one yards. Allen Robinson only five targets, three receptions. I think that dream is officially dead. Tutu Atwell got a lot more snaps. I mean, I know that Van Jefferson is out, so. Um, had a couple deep targets connected on one for 54 yards. And then, you know, part of the trouble with the offense, which I think is partially offensive line, partially the running backs not being very good. So Cam Akers, 13 carries. Daryl Henderson had zero. Brandon Powell actually had one, um, but only 33 yards, which is two and a half yards a carry. And then Daryl Henderson, five targets, four receptions, 30 yards. You know, it's interesting to see that because, like, if Henderson's on the field, you know it's a pass play. And if Akers is on the field, you know it's a run play, right? Because, like, that's just how the splits are going. So, um, you know, I think McVay's a good coach, but he may, especially against a defense like Dallas, I think you've got to scheme things up more um, to get guys open and not be quite as obvious with who your personnel is on the field. Allen Robinson's doing a lot of jogging out there. It's it's great to see. Cardio. And I know Stafford. A lot. Yeah. 
Stafford did throw 308 yards and a touchdown, but he had three turnovers. He leads the league in turnovers this year. So it's, it's going to cost you. If you're playing like crap, if your quarterback is playing like crap, your whole team's going to play like crap. Um, and their running backs aren't all, that, aren't all that great. Cooper Cup is phenomenal, but Stafford's not playing well, and they don't have the run game to, to back him up. So this Rams offense is, is looking like trash. Yeah, so from last year's best NFC team to this year's best NFC team, uh, Eagles 20, Cardinals 17, um, you know, Jalen Hurts, 72% completion percentage, throws for 239 yards, rushes for 61 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Along with that, again, still Miles Sanders backfield, 15 attempts, 58 yards, um, also had three targets, two receptions. Um, And then passing game, so Devontae Smith, another big, Day, 11 targets 10 receptions 87 yards um aj brown seven targets but only three receptions for 32 yards um all and, of them, all of aj brown's catches were on the first drive oh yeah i did not notice that interesting um and then dallas goddard got his nine targets eight receptions and 95 yards i just man i keep playing goddard in dfs like he's gonna have a two touchdown game he's gonna have a two touchdown game and i mean great for fantasy he's still reeling off like 10 12 in this case 17 ppr points but just not hitting big just yet. Um, but again, he says, but if you don't have Kelsey or Andrews, like you're very happy with Dallas Goddard. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Of this course. He's very, very consistent. Um. So yeah, but you're, you know, I think you kind of understood that coming in of it was going to be hit or miss on touchdowns because they do rely so much on the run especially in the red zone with Hertz, with sanders um and even earlier in the season gainwell and boston scott right so it is what it is but you just we want pieces out of good offenses and the Eagles offense is very good so just keep starting those top what five guys or so goddard brown Devontae smith Hertz, and miles sanders that they're must starts every week fire them up Miles Sanders will have a few down weeks like like this week, but you can't sit him. If you sit him, he'll it'll probably explode because yep. you sat. Agreed there. So we talked about the backfield in Arizona a little bit with the James Conner and Darrell Williams injuries. Definitely monitor those leading into um, this weekend as Eno Benjamin, probably going to be the starter, get the bulk of the carries. He did have a uh, rushing touchdown this week along with three receptions for 28 yards. And then in the passing game, it is Marquise Brown, eight receptions, 78 yards, and a touchdown. Rondell Moore kind of getting, honestly, into the swing of things because really just bad rookie season coming off the injury. This second game, seven receptions, 68 yards. And Zach Ertz got 10 receptions, or 10 targets, six receptions, 48 yards. Um, so, again, an offense that's going to be really consolidated to probably those three guys plus whoever's in the backfield. Yes. Um Especially if Connor is out uh, this Sunday, I think they'll lean a lot more on on the pass, especially against the Seattle defense. I think Kyler will run quite a bit more against against this defense. So Hollywood's looking looking solid. We'll see what happens when DeAndre Hopkins comes back. Um, he's still a sell high candidate for me. Um, if you can get really good value for him, but if you drafted him as your third wide receiver. Um, but you, you can hold on to him. But if he's your second wide receiver and you can get you know, maybe a, a high-end RB2 or high-end wide receiver two in return, maybe. But, you know, you got to be happy with Hollywood. And I think this, this week to be 
it's going to be quite a show against Seattle, Kyler, and Hollywood. That's my bold prediction this week. Kyler finishes as a top three quarterback in week, what is this, week six, and Hollywood is the number one overall receiver this week. Love it. Got them stacked in our home league, so I'm, I'm ready for it. Uh, next game up, 49ers 37, Panthers 15. So we are going to start with the losing team here because right after word came out, Matt Rule was fired the next day. Um, so going to have – and the defensive coordinator at that. Um, so going to have an interim head coach, Baker Mayfield, injured as well with an ankle issue, getting second opinions, but looks like it's going to be P.J. Walker. Uh, and then, you know, a lot of trade rumors – flying around what's going to happen, uh, whether it's McCaffrey, whether it's DJ Moore, um, seeing what may go on with some of these pieces. So uh, as a Panthers fan, like, I hate to see it, but at the same time, it's the right thing to do. We don't need CMC taking the cap hit that he is right now. And if you can get value back for him with draft picks, with they, which the Panthers have been stupid in trading them all away for Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, like, you've put yourself in this position to trade away your best players. Um but McCaffrey, 54 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. The huge stuff and the McCaffrey stuff, 12 targets, 7 receptions, 50 yards. Um, and then DJ Moore, 8 targets, 4 receptions, 59 yards. I mean, like, a better game, but still just not overly interesting. Shy Smith outgained him in yards, 69 yards um, on the same number of receptions. So, honestly, the big stuff here is just see what happens uh, with some of these pieces, where they end up. Um, and I don't know if... There's a way I mean, to... Maybe this new regime. I mean, the new regime has to be smart enough to get McCaffrey and DJ more, more involved until they get traded. They have <laughs> but but yeah, or until they get traded, yeah. But it's just kind of a wait and see. Like PJ Walker, nothing to write home about either. And I, Sam Darnold is reportedly close to returning, but these guys aren't anything to write home about. I don't I'm, think. I'm, I'm really upset Matt Corral is on IR because one of my hot takes in the offseason before the injury was, yeah. was he would be starting and like this is this is it. Like we could have had the rookie in this there. Right, yeah. um, but so let's talk about a team that actually has just anything going on on offense outside of one player in CMC. Uh, so 49ers uh, put up 37 points. Jeff Wilson had 17 carries, 120 yards, one touchdown, also had two targets out of the backfield. Um, apparently, Tevin Coleman, you know, he's back in San Francisco after being with the Jets last year. Eight carries, 23 yards, and a touchdown. Also had three targets, three receptions, 44 yards, and a touchdown. Like, this was the Tevin Coleman game, I guess. Um and then the passing game, I mean, again, this was kind of why I was high on Trey Lance, and I wasn't really worried about Jimmy G. Um, like, we've seen this offense. This offense runs when Debo Samuel gets the ball in his hands early and can make plays. Same thing with George Kittle. And we saw it last week with Debo, but this week, seeing nine targets, two receptions for 20 yards, he did get the touchdown. So, like, I'm not worried about Debo in fantasy, but just looking at this passing game, like, one of these guys is going to have a big game, probably Debo most of the time, and then the other guys are probably going to struggle, like Ayuk with three receptions, 58 yards, Kittle, five receptions, 47 yards, um, but the touchdowns are coming on the ground with Jeff Wilson and apparently Tevin Coleman, um, even Tevin Coleman out of the backfield. So that's my concern in the passing game, and with Jimmy G at quarterback is they're going to play it safe, and these guys are going to have to make plays to get into the end zone. He did look good, though. Jimmy G did play efficient. well. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Didn't do anything wrong. But if you're looking for explosive and fantasy points like this, isn't going to be the offense to see it in volume, right? It's going to yeah. be in Debo making a big play or maybe in Kittle making a big play. 
Yeah. Or maybe even Ayuk. Ayuk. But, yeah, yeah. But after but Jeff Wilson looks most good. Time. Jeff Wilson looks great. He's running hard. He's definitely making a, it's going to be really tricky when Elijah Mitchell comes back because Jeff Wilson has proved that like there's a place for him in this offense. And so when Mitchell comes back, it's going to be really tricky to figure out, I think. I think. Yeah, he's definitely made it a definitely made it a conversation. Um and he's you know, he's been there too, right? So he he knows the system and he's he's performing well. Um so next game up, let's look Ravens Bengals. Um another game I think coming in we all would have been really excited about coming into the season. Um and then I was expecting more out of this game just because the Ravens defense has been taken advantage of in other games, but only turned out 19-17. You know, the Bengals offense looks kind of average. I think a lot of that is offensive line play. And then I think playing into that, we just haven't seen much out of Jamar Chase in terms of big plays. Obviously, Higgins has had his injuries like we just saw in this game as well. Um, And, you know, Hayden Hurst, again, just a good tight end option as well. Um, You know, Joe Mixon, I know they're some fantasy players have issues with him, but I think it's just been an issue with the offensive line kind of slowing down this offense. Yeah, yeah I think the, I mean, T. Higgins, like, he's arguably the most important, next to Joe Burrow, T. Higgins is arguably the most important player on this offense. Because if he is out, like, I mean, Chase is fine. He's, he's not playing like the first round draft pick like you drafted him for. Because teams are doubling them, they're playing them over the top. The explosive plays are not there. This offense is most efficient when Higgins is getting the ball consistently. And if he's not out there, it just it completely collapses. Mixon, the holes aren't necessarily there for Mixon right now. Um, they may have to change the way they the way they play. Like they're gonna have to pound Mixon a lot more. Fourteen carries just isn't isn't enough. Burrow's not as efficient as he used to as he was last year. So Higgins has to get healthy though. Because the rest of this receiving core, like, yeah, Haynehurst had a good game, but he's not gonna stretch the field like like T. Higgins will. Correct. So the, yeah. the, the most important thing is that he gets healthy. Because when he's healthy, this offense is rock solid. But when he's out, like, yes, Tyler Boyd is a good option, but it's just not it's not gonna be the same. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. And, you know, Tyler Boyd isn't going to be the guy to stretch the field either or just kind of be that big kind of bailout target um, if Burrow has nowhere else to go, especially like you mentioned with defenses kind of playing over the top on Jamar Chase. And we saw big plays last year, and the joke was, you know, Burrow saying, F it, Jamar's down there somewhere, right? Um, but right. we just haven't seen that. Teams have been taking it away. And like you said, I mean, Joe Mixon ran for five and a half yards a carry, but they only gave him 14 rushing attempts. So he got 78 yards out of it, and he's still getting three receptions out of the backfield for 10 yards. So you're getting points. He just hasn't been able to get in the in the, in the the end zone. But, you know, this offense hasn't looked that great. So not a lot of guys on this team are scoring um, at this point. And then, but... Sorry, Zach. I mean, a lot of that has to do with Zach Taylor. He's got to get Mixon more involved. He's got to establish yep. the run. Back. Um, and then on the other side, uh, you know, again, Ravens only putting up 19 points. Lamar throws for 144 with a touchdown, rushes for 73 yards as well, but through two interceptions. Um, you know, J.K. Dobbins kind of had a down game as well um, compared to the week before. So just offense 
not really clicking at this point. I was hoping big things from Dobbins, like last week, had the receptions, um, had the rushing yards, uh, and then just did not come to fruition this week. We're talking. You're talking about Dobbins. Yes. Yeah, I think it's the Cincinnati defense is low key pretty good. Um, I wouldn't be super worried about Dobbins. It's going to continue to come come back for him. His his lack of use in the passing game has got to be a little frust frustrating. But this Cincinnati defense is still good. This was a classic. Just AFC North. Uh, AFC North like. Punch in the mouth, get physical with it. Um, game. So I'm not super worried about Dobbins. He's going to continue to work his way back and, and be rock solid. This was a down game for Lamar, but he's played two really good defenses in the last two weeks. So he'll, he'll be back at it, scoring 50 a game soon. Yeah, and then Mark Andrews with his consistent eight receptions, 89 yards, and a touchdown. So uh, just you can't get away from him and Kelsey. It's just those two guys are going to do what they do. Devin Duvernay with Rashad Bateman out definitely stepped up. Yeah, he so was very, he was very involved. Like the Ravens made an effort to get him the ball with yeah. uh, with Bateman out. Yeah, another guy I've, I've picked up on waivers: the five receptions, fifty-four yards. I mean, again, I kind of mention it with tight end. Like if you can get double-digit fantasy points without a touchdown, then you know you're set once those touchdowns start hitting. So hopefully that's something to continue, but we'll see kind of how the Rashad Bateman injury progresses as well. And then the Monday night game, so we touched on the Devontae Adams news a little bit, um, but the Chiefs win 30-29. to Patrick Mahomes throws for 292 yards, four passing touchdowns, all of which went to Travis Kelsey. Uh, so half of his targets became touchdowns, seven receptions, 25 yards, and four touchdowns. Um, very unlike Kelsey in the yardage, but the four touchdowns, obviously, no one's going to complain. And then with the receivers, Juju, eight targets, MVS, eight targets. Next closest was Miko Hardman with five. Um, Juju only gets three receptions for 33 yards. MVS, six receptions, 90 yards. So, I mean, just... More uncertainty with the pass catchers outside of Travis Kelsey as far as targets and receptions. And then the backfield um, split with CEH getting nine carries and McKinnon got eight. Um, and then targets, CEH had four, McKinnon had three. Uh, so pretty much a dead even split in the backfield on touches there. Keep firing up CEH. He was literally a yard away from from getting in the end zone um, on an overturned call, but He's getting high value touches every every single week, and the way this Chiefs Chiefs offense is operating, just you have to you gotta fire them up. Um, help Mahomes and Kelsey. It's just, I mean, it's a joke. They're they're so good. Um, and this receiving core, I mean, Juju is frustrating. Um, MVS looked good. He had one. He only had one bad drop this week, but he looked he looked pretty good. So. I think Juju and MVS, it's tough right now, but as they continue to build rapport with, with Mahomes, they'll they'll only get better. And then the split with CH and McKinnon, like you're gonna see that every week, whether it's CH and McKinnon or CH and, and Pacheco. Like he's gonna get his. He's gonna get high value targets. The yards per carry may not always be there with with Clyde, but he's getting high value touches every single week in the red zone. 
Yeah, and I think if Juju or Mecole had scored a touchdown this year, like we'd be talking differently about them, but we've seen all the touchdowns go to Kelsey and really CEH, but Kelsey in the backfield um, that have really just made those guys underperform, not getting a touchdown through five weeks. Um, but on the other side, that backfield that is not in question whatsoever, uh, Josh Jacobs, 21 carries, 154 yards, and a rushing touchdown, five targets, five receptions, 39 yards. Um, it, it's his backfield. Brandon Bolden did get three targets and three receptions, and then we did talk about Devontae Adams. So I, I want to say big game because he had 20, 124 yards and two touchdowns, but that was on three receptions uh, with seven targets. So it was very efficient in the three that he caught, um, but would like to see those seven targets be you know five receptions or so, especially if you're not going to get the two touchdowns. Um, and then... No, Darren Waller. So Jesper Horstead uh, at tight end. I, I like naming, oh. having these random tight end names. Three targets, three receptions, 19 yards. So shout out Jesper Horstead there. Um, Hunter Renfro back did have four receptions, 25 yards. Uh, but really it is Josh Jacobs. It is Devontae Adams. And that is about it with this offense at this point. Your car looks good. It looks about as solid as we as we thought. Adams, we'll see about this suspension and and the legal proceedings, but Josh Jacobs is a beast. They're just running him, t- running him into the ground on a contract year. So he he looked great. Go go get your money, big fella. Um, okay. So that will do it for the wrap on week five. Hard to believe. I mean, we're getting like close to talking seriously about like who's going to make the playoffs in your leagues and who's not, and who's going to just pack it in, right? Um, so. Excited for week six. Unfortunately, it kicks off with probably what will be another gross Thursday game. Commanders, Bears, a baby with an over-under of 38. Um, But we'll get into that on our preview show. Chris, anything you want to leave the people with after week five? Not right now. Get the Bears defense and play them tomorrow. Chase Edmonds is dead. Travis Etienne is on the rise. And if you started Bailey Zappi last week, it is time to start Skylar Thompson. Let's have a good week six. That was much I like the statistics. I like reading them. I think it helps give perspective. And we're not just saying, like, this person played well, this person played bad, or, like, Here's what you need to do and not do, but it also can like slow. That's where like watching the games helps quite a bit. Yeah. All right, let's get this thing stopped.